Welcome to Anime Out of Context, a comedy review show hosted by a basement dweller who grew up scrounging terrible fan subs on sketchy websites prior to the convenience of modern streaming, alongside a willfully ignorant soul whose only knowledge of anime comes from the shows forced upon him here. This show will contain spoilers, incorrect information, and copious amounts of adult language. Our hosts are not experts on any topic, and everything they say should be taken with a grain of salt. Thank you for listening, and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I attempt to make a porn production studio for religious-based pornography. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Dylan Kreider. Folks, you might have realized something. Uh, Remington ain't here. And yeah, um, unfortunately, you know, there's ignore any, you know, thumping and squealing that's going on in the background. Let's just say Remington isn't going to be here for this week's episode, but he he if he's a, if he's a good boy, he'll be back for next week's. Yeah, turns out uh, in our busiest month of the year uh, for all three of us, really, but especially me and Remington, uh, finding a good amount of time to record proper episodes can be tricky. Uh, so, in light of that fact, and the fact that me and Remington are essentially swapping uh, periods of which we are comatose, uh, I have decided to have our lovely editor Dylan join me for a lovely special episode to make up for the fact that, you know, eh, you don't get enough Dylan in your life, uh, people who listen, and I feel like that's a, that's a tragedy. Uh, me, I live with him, so I get it far too much. And I'm always happy to provide the people with a little bit more vitamin D. Oh, God, do not call yourself that. That is incredibly cursed. Oh, my. Would you believe me if I said I was not the first person to call myself that? Uh, probably, because it does seem like a go-to line for, like, uh, a, a cheesy, uh, like, jockey frat boy type of character. Where it's like, hey, uh... They call, I may be Dylan, but you can call me Vitamin D if you catch my meaning. Hey, hey, no, I, I, it's, it's a weird vibe to put out. Also, it feels like you're offering everybody your penis, and I don't know if that's the kind of vibe we want to be putting out into the podcast first. You know what, given the listenership of our podcast, I think I'll pass on that. However, you can refer to me however you please. Oh, God. There, I can hear the scribbling of the fanfiction already. Uh, but... As it is October and the spooky month, Dylan and I, we're, we're going to have a little fun together. And I thought that a good way to do that would be with something a bit on the spooky side of things. Ooh, there's spooky anime movies? I actually am kind of surprised. I thought we'd looked into this a few years back and couldn't come up with much in the way of at least holiday-themed yeah, um, anime. There's, there's a, there aren't many, because horror is a genre in anime that is very hard to do and what we consider horror in anime doesn't usually translate to western horror uh like akira for example is considered a horror anime uh and while it's not particularly scary it is very disturbing in a lot of ways and frightful to look at and that's generally yeah, the kind i definitely say it has some like uh, body horror elements yeah. so i can see that and that is generally the kind of vibe we go for when it comes to anime and horror uh, and so I thought, ah, I've got a perfect one to show Dylan, uh, something that's a bit of a psychological supernatural horror, uh, that I thought would be quite fun and interesting. And then I looked at all the emails, as I do, to see how many people wanted us to watch it, 
uh, and as well as our Discord to see how many recommendations we got for it. And I was like, okay, we got quite a few, got quite a few. Uh, oh, oh no. Uh, wow, that's a lot of people saying that they absolutely need Remington to watch this movie. That, ooh. Oh, that, that's a bit problematic if you're going to have me here. Exactly. And I, the more I read, the more I was like, oh, yeah, no, that, there's, they're going to be in a tizzy if I don't show Remington this movie. Uh, that makes things a little bit difficult, because uh, that's what I was planning on showing this week regardless. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm, am I really going to compromise my, my ever-crafted schedule just to appease a few emails and a few fans of a series uh, when I have a perfectly good Dylan here who is perfectly capable of rating and reviewing content in his own way. In fact, definitely specializes in a more suspenseful horror-type scenario. Would I ever compromise uh, my integrity that way, Dylan? Do you think that's something I would do? I'm sorry, Sean. You said you said a word there, and um, it didn't. It didn't. I don't think I understand. Um, what 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 is integrity? <laughs> It is something we have in quite short supply around here, isn't it? We're, we're running a little low overall. It's kind of a problem. Uh, uh, and I thought to myself, ah, I know what I could do. I could show Dylan a completely random Netflix anime movie just to f as filler, and nobody <laughs> will be upset by that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You, you, you had me you had me going there for a little bit. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. And I think I'm very clever and witty. Uh, but in actuality, Dylan, I'm not going to be that mean to you. I'm going to give something that you don't usually get in this world. You know, there's so many different ways that can go. I'm just going to I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to hear what you have to say before I rush to any judgments. Well, as I'm sure you're all aware, occasionally in this show, I like to give Remington choices uh and oh, dylan no. has never had the pleasure of choosing so i figured d i would leave it entirely up to him so that way if i get angry emails it's his fault and not mine oh you sly <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> so prepared for you today dylan i have two completely different movies lined up and we're doing movies because, as I mentioned, it's it's spooky time, which means we're short on time. And and for those who are curious as to what they are, uh, it's quite the experience. I'm I'm gonna give you a bit more information than I would Remington because Remington likes the idea of choosing from minimal knowledge, and because if I give him too much knowledge, he's gonna uh, think too hard about it and then make a decision that's most likely gonna hurt me more than it hurts him. So I don't like to do that. But with Dylan, I can be a bit more lenient a bit more uh open with what i'd like to show him so dylan i mean yeah after all uh, you were kind enough to be my little guest on our most recent patron episode so i figure yeah, i can i can be nice enough to use to not make things too difficult absolutely so the two movies i have for you today are so tonally different that it's amazing that i'm giving you a choice between them like quite frankly if like these two movies were ever compared side by side you'd be like why are we the only thing these two movies have in common is their country of origin and the fact that they're animated. That's basically it. So with that in mind, the two movies I have in mind for you today, Dylan, is either Perfect Blue or Nakitai Watashi wa Neko wo Kaburu. I caught the word Neko. That's all I managed to catch. Uh, yes. 
or the official English title, uh, simply A Whisker Away. <laughs> oh, I love that name. It is, it is a very good name. Uh, which one would you like to hear about first, Dylan? You know what? I think, uh, I think I'll save the one that caught me a little bit better for last. So let's hear about Perfect Blue. So Perfect Blue is what I would describe as our the spooky option, the very highly rated, highly requested option. Uh, Perfect Blue is a, the best way to describe it as would be a very psychological thriller type of movie. Uh, and, okay. Uh, talking about some of the dark sides of, uh, the entertainment industry specifically. Ah, so the industry that we like to think we're a part of, but really we know diddly shit about. More or less. Uh, and an industry that we know even less about, for the most part, is in fact the J-pop idol industry. Uh, yeah, all I know about it is it is sketchy as fuck. Yes, it is. Idol culture is one of the strangest uh, phenomena in the uh entertainment industry it is rife with uh abuse and dark natures that are truly truly frightening to behold like if you start doing research into things like uh, j-pop and k-pop idol groups it, it the industry itself is one of the most cursed things on the face of the planet it, although i will say in recent years there have been some major efforts to fix this to improve upon this and make this industry a bit a lot safer for the performers which is good, but it still has a long ways to go. We've actually recently seen a very heavy resurgence in the idea of, of virtual idols, as in VTubers. That's a big... Oh, okay, yeah, I can I can definitely see the link between... Uh, you actually mentioned a while back of a VTuber idol group uh, becoming a bit big. Uh, not just any VTuber idol group, but it is, in fact, the VTuber idol group, that being uh, Hololive or uh, Niji Sanji is the other one, and it all started with Kisuna Ai, but that's a whole VTuber conversation. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole yeah. other thing. Uh, I could talk to you about that stuff, Dylan, and it would probably make your brain melt a little bit, but that's besides the point. The point is, is that uh, the idol industry has always been a bit complex and dark and concerning, to say the least, whether it's from the fans or from the uh, industry itself. And Perfect Blue explores uh the dark side of the idol industry the basic okay, so it's uh oh so go ahead yeah the basic premise of it is this uh a very popular j-pop idol group uh has uh been doing really well for two years and one of its uh founding members has decided to graduate which in idol terms means that they are uh, essentially retiring from the uh the group and moving on to other things uh, idol lingo is weird. So anytime a uh, idol retires from a group, it's called graduating because you know you got to put a positive spin on it, which is also kind of that, problematic if you think about it. That wording, yeah, that brings to mind schoolgirl imagery and the fact that these are typically sex icons is that makes it kind of gross. Actually, weirdly enough. Uh, while a lot of people may sexualize idols, uh, the general principle is you're not supposed to sexualize them as much. Uh, there's okay, a, so it's it's a lot different from the culture of say K-pop idols. Then it, it it's similar in a way. Uh, it's the it's the concept of say soness is you got to think about. Are you familiar with the term, Dylan? You have said it, and I, all I can remember it, it's is it cute for cuteness's sake? Uh, no, no, no. That's that's moe. 
But uh, yeah, uh, say okay. so is purity essentially, uh, purity, and idols okay. in general are meant to have this kind of like pure uh, idol persona to them. Like as in they can't be corrupted and they are things to be looked at and admired and uh, idolized, uh, which is where a lot of the problems come from. Uh, so the idea of a sexual nature in an idol is usually considered a taboo thing and they're not supposed to talk about or mention those kinds of things, uh, which is why it's kind of a running joke in the online uh, idol community because it's like, oh man, we're so say-so. And then they immediately talk about not say-so things for a bit of a laugh and humor. Uh, but... With that in mind, that doesn't stop people from being creepy and gross uh, to them. And Perfect Blue actually kind of explores this. Uh, uh, one of its members uh, graduates in order to pursue her acting career, because as is the case with a lot of entertainment industries, the uh, uh, after you're, you, you don't always stay in the same like field of the entertainment industry once you start. Idols will sometimes go to acting or to different groups or, you know, just in different facets of the entertainment industry as a whole. That's the same all over. And our main character, uh, Mima Kirigoe, is uh, planning on doing just that. Uh, it was kind of, and as she is going for her acting career, it was kind of met with a bit of a, a mixed response because a lot of people don't like seeing their idols leave, as well as uh, the fact that, you know, it can lead to a bit of backlash and unhappiness. Uh, yeah, that's completely understandable, at least from just your everyday view. I mean, people were very pissed when Steve left Blue's Clues, so <laughs> I can see that happening. <laughs> very understandable, although I will say, I don't know if you saw it, but Steve posted a video about how amazing and worthwhile we are on Twitter, and it, it melted my heart. Uh, he also did a, um, a bit of a talk on when he went on a date with a Playboy model, and it was so incredibly wholesome. He is a fantastic speaker and just a, a wonderful human being. Oh, God. Steve from Blue's Clues is my waifu. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of waifus, uh, you'd think that if you're leaving a group to pursue an acting career, it could be quite a good experience and good promising. Uh, however, it does not really go that way for uh, Mima. Uh, she essentially, her goal was to remove herself from the pop idol world and focus solely on, and have all of her merits be linked to her acting. Uh, and as it's going on, the stresses and expectations build up and build up, and eventually she even has a stalker coming after her as well. And the movie builds with uh, dark, dark tones and just the dark uh, avant-garde fantasy of dealing with the after idol life okay so i'm getting kind of vibes from let's say uh backstreet boys meets the uh the rape revenge film i spit on your grave that uh that sound about right i have no fucking clue what that last one is and it alarms me greatly that you have something like that that you can pull from that is perfect blue that is the the dark uh idol anim animation uh, from director Satoshi Kong, uh, who, if you are, if you vaguely remember, I believe also had uh, done, oh, what was it? Um, Tokyo Godfathers, I believe. You know, I actually haven't seen that one. We have it. We have the Blu-ray for it. It was inside your PlayStation when you moved. But, um, oh, yeah, no, we I haven't I, actually I shown that to you. Oh, that. we need to watch it, man. It's no. a great Christmas movie. A little dated, okay. but great. 
Oh, so I'm I'm expecting some some good things if uh, that's the choice. Mm -hmm. So tell me, uh, what is the premise of A Whisker Away? Well, this one's much simpler to explain, uh, and yet way more weird and complex once you actually get into it. Uh, so tell me, Dylan, have you ever been catfished? Yes. <laughs> well, get, have you ever been uh, catfished by a cat? I mean. Hermaeus was smart as a kitten, but as he grew up into a cat, I realized, oh, this is the dumbest cat I've ever met. So, kinda. Well, that's kind of what this movie is about, but a bit more, uh, it's a, it's a good split of concerning and maybe wholesome? Hard to say. The general premise of A Whisker Away is it's about a young, uh, girl, uh, Mio Sasaki, and she is in love with a classmate, uh, Kento Hinode. Uh, but here's the problem. Uh, she, no matter what she does, she can't really get his attention, you know? Because high school and junior high school, it's rough. It's rough. Like, if you have a crush on somebody, it can be the hardest thing in the world to talk to them and get their attention, even give them the time of day. I know I had issues with it, but then again, I was an awkward nerd. Uh, I mean, I, I was a much less awkward nerd, and I still had trouble speaking to uh, any individuals that I had a crush on. It, it made things pretty difficult. Yes. And uh, eventually she kind of gets, you know, a little fed up with uh, not being able to be on his radar. Uh, so she settles for getting his attention in a completely different way. And, of course, the natural way to do that is by transforming into a little white kitten and becoming his pet. Uh, 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 um, uh, yikes, ah. Look, uh. look, Dylan, it's not as bad as it sounds. It's just a little bit fucked up on paper. <laughs> I would say it's a lot more than a little bit fucked up on paper. I mean, I've had individuals that say they want to be my pet, but never in that regard. That's just a little concerning. Look, just because they say a cat is fine too, Dylan, does not mean it is in fact fine too. Is that what this is from? Because I remember that it's involved not, an individual it's being transformed into a cat. Okay. It's, it is absolutely <laughs> not. No. Okay. I'm fairly okay. certain that's from a hentai doujin, or at the very least, a very etchy manga. No, it is not. This is trying its best to be a fantasy wholesome romance show. Uh... It just has a bit of a bit of a strange connotation, and the general premise is uh, Mio has to deal with uh, the connotations of learning all the things she does as uh, his uh, pet cat and his difficult family life, and whether or not she wants to remain a cat or uh, become fully human again and try to uh, interact with him now that she knows more about him. There was a video game with a similar-ish pre uh, premise back in the early PlayStation days, I think. Mm -hmm. It was called um, A Dog's Life, and it featured, um, uh, I think a kid was basically just hit by a truck and turned into a dog. Oh, man. I, I can only barely remember it, but I remember it existed. That's one hell of an isekai. <laughs> oh, and it was like his neighbor's or his friend's dog or something along those lines. But then it, yeah, there, I remember some similar um, choices being required at the end, and all right. It's a very okay. brother bear kind of yeah. choice. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, you just reminded me of that. That, that. That's a deep Disney poll for you. Don't think about that one often, do you? No, uh, I do remember uh, there being some backlash about it being some pretty poor representation. Oh, absolutely. That's all I recall of it. Absolutely. 
Uh, all I remember is that song that they played constantly on Disney Channel uh, that was stuck in my head for ages when they were advertising it like mad. Uh, but yeah, those are your two options, Dylan, and they're some pretty wildly different films. Uh, and I figured giving you the choice takes a lot of the pressure off of me because, as we all know, I don't do well uh, when people are angry with me and it makes me sad and I have a very sensitive <laughs> self-esteem. So by directing right, it at I you, I feel no guilt. <laughs> I have, I think, one major question that's going to um, affect, you know, my choice. Uh, how many recommendations have we received for Perfect Blue? For Perfect Blue? Oh, God, a good, good handful. Probably guesstimating on our Discord, I believe it has about uh, 10 votes at the moment, which is pretty high. Which, considering, you know, how many, how few people really um, interact with the recommendations on our Discord, that's fairly impressive. Yep, and we've gotten about uh, 16 or 17 emails on the subject. Oh, Jesus, that's that's a fair number. Okay, um, and is this the one that uh, you were concerned about uh, throwing our integrity away from? Yes, and uh, okay. and Whisker Away, we have received exactly... I didn't check this beforehand because I'm bad. Uh, Super professional, Sean. Four! Huh. I mean, to be fair, well, it only came out last year. <laughs> oh, that's relative. That's very recent. Yep, it came oh. out last year and uh, was just plopped on Netflix kind of unceremoniously, honestly. Uh, if you weren't paying attention, it would probably, it's one of those, uh, Netflix original, uh, type of movies that are just like, oh, hey, how'd you get there, little friend? I haven't heard much about you. Hmm. All right. You know, considering the fact that it does open the door for Remington to make some I Spit on Your Grave references, I think, uh, I think I'm gonna put the pussy on the chain wax and go for a whisker away. All right. Let's just see. How uncomfortable this film will make you, Dylan, or if it's as wholesome as it claims to be. Without further ado, let's go watch A Whisker Away. A Whisker Away, Whisker Away. Hey, y'all, popping in here in the middle of the episode with what the hip kids call a call to action. We've been approached by some companies who are interested in buying ad slots in our show, and we want to see how our listeners feel about the show taking that kind of step, and whether or not we should drop the idea entirely. Our current idea is to have one to two ad slots in the break between the first and second half of the episode, and then one to two ads at the end after our patron readings. At this point in time, we have absolutely no intention of inserting an ad before the episode begins. And naturally, all episodes on our Patreon will remain ad-free. On Sunday, October 17th at noon Mountain Time, we will be posting a poll on our Twitter asking for your opinions and feedback. The poll will be live for one full week, and based on your responses, we will discuss how to proceed and whether or not we should enter negotiations with our advertisers. This is your chance to impact the future of anime out of context, so make sure to vote. But enough with all that, let's get back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back after consuming the entirety of the recent Netflix film, Nakitai Watashi wa Neko wo Kaburu, or A Whisker Away. And Dylan, you seem to have some thoughts and opinions from what I can tell. Yeah, I wrote several hundred words just as uh, just as um, my girlfriend and I were sitting down watching this. And I have to say, I much prefer the Japanese title to literal translation because a whisker away, I mean, I get, I get they're going for like a spirited away type thing. 
However, the Japanese title translates to Wanting to Cry, I Pretend to Be a Cat. That is such a better title. It's a very light novel, though, so I can see why they didn't go with that. Yeah. No, you can tell that uh, there was some interesting decisions being made there. Uh, speaking of interesting decisions, uh, you did this to yourself. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> I think, honestly, this is uh, one that perhaps I think I might be able to handle a little bit, or at least I identify with a little bit better than Remington. Yeah. This this anime tried quite a few things, and it executed a lot of things fairly well and then flopped in a number thereof. There's a few things that I do want to touch on. Um, I ended up watching the the English dub because I was unable to get the sub to work on my laptop. It wasn't just... It was not letting me select that, and there were some choices. I really dislike... It, it, I, 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 yeah, yeah. It's very interesting, uh, Netflix and their subbing and dubbing decisions. Because as you clearly saw, there were some vast differences between the language of the dub and the language of the sub. Oh, absolutely. Um, the language of the sub, which I'm assuming the subtitles that were... Because I have the subtitles up if even on anything, even if it's in English, because I read faster than they speak, so I like to make sure I don't... Uh, anyway, I just... The, the subtitles were darker. They had better wording. They were more serious in tone. And the dub was just not great. And also, n not much... No, no shade intended to... Um, Mio's voice actress. However, I didn't like her. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like it. I did not like her voice at all. Um, at all, not in the slightest. I did, however, enjoy Ursula Pegasus. <laughs> yes. Uh, there. The one good thing that can be said about the dub is the main villain has that Yugi boy cadence that we all love and adore. Uh, but just so you're aware, the uh, English voice actor for uh, Mio uh, was, in fact, uh, uh, Jeremy Lay, uh, if I believe I'm saying that name right. It's a bit of a unique name. And uh, she is most known in the anime community for playing uh, Lucy Hartphilia from Fairy Tale, and the one you'll recognize, Asuna Yuki from Sword Art Online. Okay, yeah, that... That, that explains a fair amount. Okay. Yeah, that'll so those, do it. So those are the most uh, recognizable, I think, for you specifically, Dylan. Uh, because I don't think you consumed much Sailor Moon back in the day. Uh, you, we want to fucking bet. Okay. Well, she also voiced uh, Minako Aina. Okay, apparently I didn't watch that much Sailor Moon. <laughs> oh, buddy. You don't remember Minako Aiko? I can't remember which Sailor Scout she uh, is off the top of my head. you told me what sailor she was, I might be able to remember. I could tell you that, but where's the where's the fun of that? <laughs> it's definitely because I don't fully remember either. All right. Uh, uh, let, let's sailor Venus. Sailor Venus. Venus. I actually don't remember Venus. Huh. Um, let, well, let's get back on track. I was, uh, a, I was <laughs> a Sailor Jupiter man myself, uh, but anyway. So I just there was something that caught my eye. Um, the movie begins. Uh, it is supposed to be the main character walking along a boardwalk, I believe. However, there was some unfortunate animation, and it looked like she was moonwalking because the path kept moving, but her foot was standing still. It was it was an unfortunate animation choice. Caught me off guard. Mm -hmm. She's surrounded by evil shadow cats, 
and they're all making gestures and noises and purrs, and she's looking so very scared, this tiny little girl, all afraid in this cat world. And then a very clearly insidious and evil fat cat man is just sitting there smiling while wearing a hat. And it's just, I don't know, some of the, like, the cat designs were very fun. They had they gave the cat so much personality. They didn't necessarily do that with the uh, the human characters, though. <laughs> so you're saying that what they should have done is they should have gotten the people who made this to make the Cats 2019 film. Oh, that 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 would be so much better. However, these cats did have some of these cats, not all of them. They did have buttholes, and I don't think that would have flown. I don't think uh, people want to see, <laughs> you know, Taylor Swift or Idris Elba's or oh, what's her name? Uh, the one who her entire shtick is being fat, Australian, and obnoxious. I couldn't tell you her name off the top of my head, but I know who you're talking about. The one, yeah, the one that ate the the mice children and is overall just you. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, you say that, but they also did have uh, creepy cat people with titties. So it's like you know, you win some, you lose some, Dylan. Yeah, I think God, none of these cats had tits. I would have been viscerally uncomfortable, especially with some of the gestures and such no thank you no thank you gah (laughs) so what this cat what this movie lacks in cat titties and has in buttholes uh where how does that go man tell me a story tell me like i've never seen this film before all right so from there um the the insidious fat happy cat just smiles and also the subtitles were subtitling um, the lanterns as she was walking by um, this lantern-lit street. And the lantern said, cat lantern. I just thought yeah. that was amusing. I, I never figured a lantern would say cat. <laughs> Fucking hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my hiccups and rem sneezes. They're, they are so fairy-like and so dainty. It's very amusing. Yeah, yeah, bite me. You, um, you, could, you could make a whole brand on your hiccups and rem sneezes. I don't have a cute sound that I make. It's very disappointing. Um, we'll we'll be the next big VTubers. Um, anyway, <laughs> the the cat just you know he smiles and um, as she's leaving this um, lantern lit festival, which ooh all ah, and then it cuts back to what we assume is the uh, real world. Actually, before I continue on too much, I should probably uh, explain because I don't want. One of these characters, I don't even know if they had a name, and then the other ones. Uh, so we've got our main character. Her name is uh, Mio Flavor Water. Um, <laughs> the, yeah. the emo dude, his name is Hinode. I actually caught that much. Um, and Mio's best friend, I don't know if her name was ever said, so I just wrote her name as Sappho. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I believe her name was, uh, oh, God. I think it was Fukase, if I'm not mistaken. I have no idea. Uh, it I, it doesn't come up enough, but I I know who you're talking about. Okay, good. As long as someone does. Yeah, we've got we've got Sappho. Cuts back to, or at least to like a modern day. Um, she uh, Hinode is walking to school with Sappho, and or yeah, Mio is walking to school with Sappho and sees a silhouette. She sees a generic black-haired-looking man and knows it's Hinode because all people with short black hair, they're easily distinguishable from one another from behind. 
<laughs> and she runs up to him and yells, no day sunshine attack, and slams into him with her butt. Yep. A traditional greeting. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, every time I meet you, actually, I slam my butt right into you, which is usually fairly awkward, especially when you're getting out of the shower. <laughs> We've really got to get locks on our bathroom doors. This is just getting out of hand at this point. Hey, you're. Uh, hey, if you wanted the, if you wanted me to not greet you, you should block the door somehow, or put a sign on it. Maybe put a sock on the doorknob. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not fucking in the shower, Dylan. That's not what's going on in there. At least, as far as I'm aware. Well, for all you know. Um. Uh, and then in, uh, Mio tells Inode to wait up, and he just gruffly replies, no time to wait. Or something along those lines, I can't wait. I think it was, yeah, I think it was, I can't wait. And then Mio goes, oh, his voice, oh. And um, <laughs> I felt attacked. A little bit, yeah. Because... Not like 1,000%. <laughs> yeah, um, I have had people that were unhealthily obsessed with me based purely on my voice. They didn't know a damn thing about me. They just knew, oh, that voice, oh, that sad-looking emo boy with the voice. <laughs> and that's that's not okay. That's kind of gross, honestly. Um, you should not obsess yourself over an individual, over one facet of who they are. And they do get into it later. That's not entirely why she's obsessed with him. It's just merely a symptom of her obsession, which is still just... There's some unhealthy relationship dynamics all throughout this film. There's... Well, you mean the Catfish and Cat movie is not a... It doesn't have the best uh, relationship dynamic decisions? You're kidding. There's not a single good... No, there's one good relationship in this show. And that is between Hinode and his grandfather, who I don't know if his name was ever mentioned. Um, however, he, had, he was, he was kind of gruff looking. He had some big, burly, hairy arms. So I'm just going to call him Harry the Potter. <laughs> I don't want to alarm you, Dylan, but I think that one's taken. No, 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 no. Totally different things. <laughs> so, one's a uh, wizard. The other one's a hairy uh, artisan. Hey, he... He might have been a wizard. We do not know. They do not delve in much into his past or his life. They give him shockingly little character development, which is a shame, aside from the fact that he is old and a potter. Um, anyway, Mio is just obsessing over Hinode's voice, and she tries to get him to record saying something into her phone, which later they go into the fact that she doesn't have a phone, which is really confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she not have a phone? Does she have a phone? Was that a translation error? Was that a dub error? Or uh, do, you, do you happen to recall? I uh, I honestly cannot remember off the top of my head. I would have remembered if I had sat down and watched it with you, but you were watching the dub and I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have been able to get the sub to work properly because that would have been much better. Oh, well. Um, so that's the entirety of the school day that they introduce us with. And now we have Mio making her way back home oh by the way um mio has a nickname that everyone gives her and they call her muge i don't know what muge actually means in japanese i'm assuming it's something somewhat derogatory is it <laughs> do you know why do you have to assume it's a derogatory because most nicknames have some variety of derogatory meaning to them it's just i I'm mean just, i'm just wondering i'm just wondering here <laughs> no do you know 
Do you have uh, any idea? I, I mean, generally speaking, if I remember correctly, like my Japanese ain't the best, but I think it like briefly translates to like nothing or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, it could it could be any other things. I honestly had forgotten because uh, it, it's just two syllables, mu and ge, and I cannot remember what the connotation is for that. I need to I need to have a conversation with the owl again, essentially. It's been a hot minute. Okay, yeah, I just had to double check because there was a moment when her nickname was mentioned. People were confused, like, what? People call her that? Um, yeah. So, uh, Mio, I might accidentally call her Muge. We will see. Either way, just so people are aware, Muge, Mio, same person. Uh, yep. She's on her way home from school after walking with Sappho for a bit, and she's assaulted by this old fucking crone. For no reason, she reaches over, spins around, and forcibly grabs her arm so hard it leaves a mark, going, Oh, you poor dear, you're getting so thin. Are they feeding you? What is that bitch doing to you? (laughs) I'm assuming it's not like an aunt or grandmother. It's not actually mentioned. The old lady never shows up again. But this is the first time, I think, they might have gone into it just in a throwaway line of dialogue. The first time that they mention... That um, the woman who is primarily taking care of Mio is not mm. looked upon very well by the community. And I have a, a, I have a theory as to why, but we will see. Um, it also could just be for no fucking reason, because people are needlessly cruel, which makes sense. I mean, yeah. Um, the world is a cruel place, Dylan. You and I know that oh so well. It's cold where we have each other and keep each other warm. So, creepy old... Creepy old bitch just like grabs onto her assaults her and then the stepmother oh yeah i should have mentioned this uh future stepmother is um i can't remember her name future stepmother is her she's the one who is insinuated as being evil and not taking good care of her she's like oh mio are you okay and then old lady does a heel face turns goes, oh how nice to see you future stepmother and then walks away and is never seen again and was a completely pointless bit aside from saying oh she's not looked upon fondly that's Mm -hmm. that's that little bit and then we cut to mio just lamenting at home about her sad home life because her mother isn't there and her stepmother is fine people this entire show is so fucking rude to the stepmother she has done nothing wrong (laughs) it's almost like uh the old school fairy tale trope of ah a step-parent they must be evil. Yeah, they and they certainly lampshade the hell out of that with everyone insinuating, oh, she's evil. Oh, she's the worst. In fact, the stepmother gets a text later on that says, she's my daughter, not yours. What the fuck is your problem? I, she is fine. She's not abusive. She is trying to care. She's trying to, you know, spend her life with her new man who is probably like 15 years older than her. But, you know, that's mainly it. It's, oh, so what? She's a lot younger than him. Big fucking whoop. Gah. Yeah, it's not like uh, he's a cradle robber or anything. I think she's, like, in her mid-twenties. Yeah, she she was an, like she that. was clearly an adult. She was referred to as Miss Future Stepmother. Very respectfully. Miss Future Stepmother. And that's, I got, no, why? Everyone was so fucking mean to this woman for no reason. I'm sorry, I just had to be a stand for her for a moment, because she is one of the few... No, actually, no, she is the best character in this entire show. Really? She is doing her absolute best with a future stepchild who 
just dismisses her and at one point is incredibly fucking rude to her. A husband who, I, I don't know, he shows up like twice. He exists. Mm-hmm. And then the the mother of future stepdaughter is so fucking evil to her sending it was like a full page rant telling her she's no good and she's forcing herself into other people's lives bitch you left mm-hmm. okay so that that by the way that struck a nerve with me just so you're aware oh, yeah. yeah that struck a nerve she is the best character in this entire film and she has one of the best moments in the film later on so you've got mio lamenting oh my life is so bad my father is there my mother abandoned me my stepmother is all right and then she is looking at a cat mask and then boom next thing you know it cuts to a cat that looks a lot like hermaeus a nice little flame point siamese who is just you know doing their little do 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 walking around um then we cut to no day and oh boy he is he, he's got some shit going on uh first you know it cuts to no day coming home from school and his mother is chewing him out for not doing some homework, I think. Uh, some variety of school paper, I think it was for cram school, actually. Is that right? Cram school's a thing? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Very common thing. It's oh. more school so that you can get into a better uh, high school or college whenever you uh, graduate. Yep, yep, you yep. Know. And, but uh, she's bitching him out for that. And he's, and he's like, oh, okay. I haven't even decided if I want to go to high school. With the cultural difference between Japanese and American high school. Um, yeah. Yep, there is no... Uh, high school in Japan is not compulsory. No. Uh, and they're also at an older age by the time they get mm-hmm. to it. But, um, yeah, he's just... He's lamenting. He's like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. I don't think I want to go to high school. And then the mother's like, well, we need you to provide for this family. Me and your sister. And the sister's just lazing about folding laundry, playing with her bra, insulting her mother's fat ass. And he's just, oh, no one understands me. And he goes into his room and has a good cry. Uh, His father is also very, very dead, I'm assuming. He might have left, too. That's entirely possible. He's not mentioned. Uh, His dog is mentioned, but uh, his dog is dead, too. Man, his his (laughs) life sucks. He is is the definition of a sad boy character. Yeah, he is. And so how much uh, companionship did you feel with him, Dylan? You know, I felt, I, 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 I felt, I, for a bit, for a bit, until later in the story, uh, I, I identified with him. I was like, yeah, I've been there. I get that, man. Trust me. Once you, uh, once you become an adult, it'll all get worse. Enjoy, enjoy the misery, the light misery while you can. <laughs> but um, then, you know, Mio in her cat form. Her cat form, uh, the name is Taro. Like the yep. purple root, right? Yes. Taro's a root. Is it a potato or is it a root? Uh, I think it's I think it's a root. I mean, considering potatoes are root vegetables, like it, you're you're, you're well, potatoes are a tuber. There. They're different. Well, yeah. But um, so Mio Same as family. Taro is going and comforting uh, Inode, making him feel like everything's going to be all right, and you know, little creepily it's super creepy super super creepy if anyone ends up by the way any of y'all if you end up as a cat do not stalk the person that you like that is creepy that is unhealthy don't do that i feel like you could just put a blanket no stalking in general rule 
I feel like that's the kind of advice we should be getting. Not specifically only if you turn into a cat. Just don't stalk people. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a bad vibe. Yeah, don't stalk people. Don't force yourself to become a bigger part of their life than they want you to be. Just don't be fucking creepy. So that's the main introduction to our two main characters and how their lives are oh so shitty because they're young teenagers and everything is the end of the world for them. And I just, I, I thought that was a, a nice little introduction, a nice little setup. Uh, and then we jump to um, Mio heading home in her taro cat form. She's accosted by the fuck child of Ursula and Maximilian Pegasus. And he's saying, well, you certainly had a nice time as a little kitty cat. Don't you want to spend the rest of your cat time forever? Oh, don't you, my little pussy pussy hoo? Everything is better as a cat. You've been watching the Aristocrats again, haven't you? <laughs> I've not actually ever seen the Aristocrat. The Aristocats. I've not it's seen a... the Aristocrats either. Yeah. I've made the joke a couple times. <laughs> the Aristocrats. Uh... So he wants her face, and he will he trades faces, human for cat, cat for human. And he's obviously just going to be the primary antagonist of the film. He's going to be the source of almost all conflict. And he was the most entertaining character because, though he was very inconsistent, a lot of the time he was he had some minor, weird, unexplained magical abilities, and then other times he's just kind of a cat. He, he, he doesn't really, it was, he was fairly inconsistent, but he was fun. I feel like cats are like that in general. It's some, it feels like they are doing things that shouldn't be physically possible. And then other times they're just like, how do you even function as an animal? I noticed that a lot with Hermaeus especially. Yeah, Hermaeus is not exactly great at doing things that aren't just lazy cat things. But I love you, Donna Kitty. There you go. So, after, you know, being accosted, there's some boring generic home stuff. And then we cut to Mio at school. And some boys. Uh, she's, she's on the roof, eating her lunch with Sappho. And some boys, one of whom clearly has a crush on her, is shit-talking her. And he's saying, wow, she's so excitable. And how can anyone real? She's so annoying. How does anyone like her? I don't, I can't believe she's showing so much affection towards Hinode, and he's just blowing her off. And she's like, whatever, he's just gonna shit talk, haters gonna hate, I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> but then he fucks up, Mr. Shit Talk says, I can't believe Hinode's grades are improving, he must be fucking cheating. And this makes, this, 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 hit, this hits a nerve in Mio. And Mio decides that she's gonna commit suicide. <laughs> kind of. Uh, this makes Mio very upset, and she decides that she is going to jump from the roof, land on the ground, and then tell him off. She's been spending too much time as a cat, so she forgets. Oh, wait, I'm only human, and injuries and heights are a thing. However, fortunately, instead of just, you know, breaking her neck and fucking dying, which would have been a fantastic way to end the film, if they just, if there was a quick 20-minute short that had that going on, that would have been fucking amazing. I would have had no end of praise for the bold decision they made there. Because that would have been the most bold thing that would happen throughout even the rest of this. But no, she, she falls through a tree and she ends up being scratched. But then she's telling off Shit Talker and saying, How 
dare you shit-talk Inode. You have no idea what he goes through. And people are kind of just freaking out because a woman just jumped from a ledge and landed through a trees and is then deciding to yell at people. Which, yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I have no idea why anyone would do that. But she's irrational. She clearly needs to see a therapist. Uh, unfortunately, she is instead taking out all of that on Hinode, which, oh well, such is life. Um, however, Hinode sees this and says, all right, fuck it, this girl's obsessed with me. However, she's injured, I may as well convince her to go see a nurse so her leg doesn't get infected and so she doesn't die. Whatever. Uh, assuming he's a 14-year-old boy, he'll be thinking, I don't know, maybe I'll get to see her tits or something. <laughs> Dylan, you can't say that. These are children. Children that can turn into cats. You and I were 14 once. Yes, and I don't like to think about it. When you were a 14-year-old, what wouldn't you have done to see a boob? Hmm, murder. Are you sure? Well, depends on who we're talking about, I suppose. Fair enough, yeah. Um, So, as Hinode is attempting to convince Miyota, hey... Calm the fuck down. Let's let's go get you to the nurse. We get a moment actually inside Mio's head, which is one of the more clever visual things that is done in this movie. When Mio is actually showing any variety of emotion that isn't just a fake smile, no one around her exists. There are no humans except for her, Sappho, and Hinode. Every other person through the entirety of the film is just a scarecrow, with their name written on their face. No distinguishing features, no distinguishing clothing. They're all just NPCs to her. And this shows that she does not actually see people as individuals. She just sees them as NPCs, as things in her way. And that is something that I feel they should have done more with and played more on, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. Is, by the way, is that a common... Is that a common trope um, for characters to show up as inanimate objects during heightened moments in other anime? Or am I reading too much into this? No, it's a fun trope that has been twisted and shaped a lot of ways. Uh, If I recall correctly, a silent voice did this as well, where uh, anybody that the main character uh, didn't feel comfortable interacting with uh, had blurred faces with X's across them. Or uh, in uh, Watamote, uh, a very lovely cringe show that I should show you sometime because I think you would hate it and love it at the same time. You've shown me, you've, you've actually shown me Watamote. Uh, while we were at the gym, you showed me an episode. Oh, yeah. That says a lot about me as a person, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> and in that, yeah. uh, anybody who doesn't matter to her is shown in black and white. Uh, it's, a very, it's a very fun uh, visual metaphor that uh, gets played around with a, a lot in a different anime and i like i like the interpretation here where it's a bunch of a uh, bunch of weird scarecrows yeah uh, so this finally allows inode and sav or not inode and sav inode and mio 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 different languages different anyway inode and mio finally get you know a moment to actually interact this is their first time actually ever interacting as human beings at least that were shown and it's Interesting. Um, Hinode is sharing some of his lunch with Mio because, I mean, she just got, she just fell, she hurt the hell out of herself just for you. Be nice. Share some of your salty boiled potatoes with her. 
as but, an Irishman, that that is love. <laughs> however, that's that was actually kind of a fun moment. Uh, she, you know, she loves his salty boiled potatoes so much. She decides she wants to commit suicide again. Uh, this time, however, <laughs> she doesn't get you know halfway up the fence to jump off of the roof. She instead just yells and proclaims to the world, Inode has salty boiled potatoes. Which, if I were a uh, young teenager and I heard that, I know exactly what I would be thinking. <laughs> Remember, Dylan, these are children. <laughs> these are teenagers, Sean. I mean, yeah, but yeah, exactly. look, that, that, that line is very bordered. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so salty boiled potatoes, it makes Hinode laugh and... Then Mio, re- Mio, Mio realizes, oh, I made him laugh. I made him smile. And then she's just filled with glee. And it cuts to the next scene, which involves Hinode going home, lamenting. You know, he's actually in a decent mood. And then he realizes, oh, something is amiss. And he discovers that the pottery shop in which he, his uncle and his uncle's apprentice spend much of their time was locked up. He couldn't go in. And he, he's going in, and his mother says, Oh, we're closing the pottery, pottery studio for good. We can't afford to maintain it anymore. Uh, your grandpa's old, and he's going blind. And the grandpa's just sitting and going, Eh, I guess. I don't know. I feel fine. <laughs> As all good grandpas do. I'm not dead. I think he'll go for a walk. Just toss him toss him in the plague cart. You're good. So, um, however, this, this strikes a chord with Anode, and he's quite upset. And this leads to him going into his room and crying. And little um, Mio cat comes on in and he, he, he cries and he says to her, I can't believe it. I, I want to be a potter just like my grandfather, Harry. <laughs> he doesn't call him Harry. He doesn't call him Harry at all. My grandfather, Harry the Potter. I want to be just like him. I don't want to go to high school. I just want to make pottery. And he was so... He was he was heartbroken. And his mother was bitching uh, at... Uh, not the grandfather, but... Hinode has a sister who's completely irrelevant to the plot, except for this one line. Where she's saying, Why don't we just get Grandpa's apprentice to do pottery classes there? The mother says the dumbest line I've ever heard. There are too many pottery classes in this town. <laughs> It's a real problem with the environment. Too many damn pottery classes. Can't go on the fucking street without seeing a hobo saying we'll teach pottery for food. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. But uh, this this showing and opening his heart and telling his true aspirations to Mio Cat, you know, it, it really hits home with Mio. And when she gets home and turns into a human, she writes a love letter. And she does an incredibly brave thing, except for the fact that she did it in a love letter instead of just saying it to him. Uh, she wrote him the love letter, hey. and she tries to hand it to him at school. Mm-hmm. And then Shit Talker shows up. Shit Talker, you know, has a crush on her, and he's he's a piece of shit. And he introduces the entirety of the conflict for the rest of the film. And he steals the letter, and he reads it aloud. It's incredibly embarrassing. I can't remember a single word of it because it was a generic, mushy, teenager love letter, which I don't understand that. Eh, it's a cultural difference thing. The love letter thing and the stealing and reading it in front of the class is stupid. No one wants to hear that shit. No one wants to say that shit. I don't understand, but all right. It is what it is. That introduces the conflict. And Hinode is so embarrassed at the confessions being forced 
that he just says, no, I hate you. I'm sad. Mm. I'm a sad boy. I hate it when people are assertive. I hate you. And then that locks in the rest of the plot. And from there, it's, it gets better. It, it gets a lot better. Yeah? Yeah, kind of. Um, kind of. <laughs> it does get better from there because that is the the that I'll call that maybe I guess Act One. Yeah, I guess that works for Act One. Yeah, I mean it's about the first forty minutes of the film. And this we got a whole hour left. <laughs> this absolutely breaks Mio's heart. She's destroyed. She went to all the effort of writing a love letter, confessing her feelings, and she had the opportunity stolen from her. And then the boy that she loves and has shared maybe a dozen words with. Says that he hates her, so she decides she's not going to commit suicide this time, actually. Wow, what a mature decision. No, instead she's going to forfeit being a human. She's mm. going to be a cat forever. Same song, different dance. Uh. Yes. Yeah, no, very Romeo and Juliet later in this. However, not. Anyway, she decides, you know, I'm, I'm done being a human. He will never love me for who I am, but he loves me as a cat. And her face falls off. Now, this isn't like Paris Hilton in Reap of the Genetic Opera or Nicolas Cage in Face Off. Her face turns into a mask and falls off of her body, so she's just sitting there as a cat. And then Pegasus shows up. And he's like, oh, you really? Oh, well, thank you for stating as much. I'm so glad that you want to be a cat forever. And he takes the mask and runs away and says, if you don't take this back by the time limit, you'll be a cat forever. Oh, I'm so fanciful and arbitrary. And then disappears. And she's like, oh, well, I guess that's okay. I think I'm okay being a cat forever. And then she goes. She uh, cuddles up next to Hinode. She breaks into his home, actually. And Hinode is sitting there with the love letter crumpled on his desk. And he's confessing to the Mio cat. And he's like, oh, I've been so dumb. Oh, and he, and he realizes there's parallels. The injuries that Mio achieved when she committed suicide and the scratch that's now on the Mio cat. And he, he sees the parallels. He's not very bright, though. <laughs> so, you know, he, he doesn't say, Mio, I love you. He just flat out says, I love you, and doesn't elaborate any further, and then he falls asleep, which, okay. How often do you fall asleep after saying a heartfelt I love you? Uh, well, hmm, depends on how intoxicated I am at the time. Okay, uh, note to self, pick up another, uh, pick up another handle of Tito's. <laughs> oh, Dylan, you don't need alcohol to get me to confess my love for you. Aww. Um, you so... just need a lot of money. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, <laughs> shit. So we've got that whole situation, and, you know, Mio decides she she's a cat now for good, so she's going to spend the night. So she just falls asleep on his bed and cuddles him. She wakes up, it's noon, he's gone. She's like, oh, wait, I'm going to be late for school. No, I'm a cat. I don't have to go to school. However, now she's there's no human Mio around at the moment, so people are worried. It's like, oh, shit. After he said that he hates her, she disappeared. She got into a fight with her family, and, and maybe she committed suicide. Maybe she ran away to the country. Maybe she joined the Manson family. We don't know. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and, you know, she decides, I'm going to join Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No. <laughs> so um, this causes strife and tension between everyone, between Sappho and Hinode, between uh, Mio's 
father and not her stepmother, actually. Her stepmother actually was fairly good and all that. She was trying to diffuse tensions and try and make sure everyone was happy. But then a dark horse arrives, an evil red moped, and it's Mio's mother. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Mio's mother is incredibly angry and blames the stepmother for everything. And then finally, the stepmother, the best character, snaps. She tells the mother off, saying, Bitch, this is your fault. Did you ever talk to your fucking daughter? No, instead you just ran away. You couldn't handle the goddamn responsibility. No, this is all your fucking fault. More so than it is ours. And the mother does the petty thing and smacks the stepmother, and then it devolves into the best scene. <laughs> the two women fighting. Which is so delightful. It's like, I, I know you love a good slap fight. But it's supposed to be a heavy emotional moment. You're supposed to feel like, ooh, they shouldn't be fighting. No, that was that was totally comedic relief. <laughs> that was a comedic relief fight. It immediately then cuts to uh, Mio, who has been watching this whole thing in cat form, lamenting the fact that she's stuck as a cat. Uh, and she's just doing the eye twitch thing. Mm -hmm. That's the anime. Ah, thing. It's, it was actually yep. quite funny. That was, uh, I think, might have been the only laugh, actually, that this got out of me. Not saying this is a bad show or that it doesn't have funny moments. That's the only laugh it got out of me. Was the, mm -hmm. the the two women, the two grown women having a smack fight, which was it was it was a righteous slap fight. It was good. There was even some hair pulling. There was. There was hair pulling. Uh I you know, um you don't see the the father after that, actually. I don't think he shows up at all. So I choose to believe that the two women decide that no, this is all his fault, and then they just beat him to death. <laughs> And then they hide the body, and now they're living as uh, as just two lovers on the run. I feel like you've been watching way too many dark horror films, my guy. <laughs> oh, this would have been so much better if it had more dark horror things going on. If this had something like um, the unreliable, unreliable narrator aspect from Candyman. Uh, the original, not the new one. Uh, the new one also is fan. Have you seen... Sorry, tangent. New Candyman is fantastic. Everyone go fucking watch it after you watch the first Candyman. Don't watch the second and third, though. Okay, tangents. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So with an un like darker horror aspects and stakes and unreliable narrator aspects, this could have been a much better movie. This isn't a bad movie by any means. It just could have been so much better if it took those risks. So cut to three days in the... Actually, it might even be a week in the future. We don't know. It's an undetermined amount of time in the future. Mm -hmm. Mio has apparently returned. There's a human Mio. She's acting a little kooky, a little weird, but we can attribute that to, you know, her just having some emotional development at being stuck in a cat form. Except for then immediately we see Mio cat going, what the fuck? Bitch stole my face. Uh, turns out that that bitch was in fact the stepmother's cat, and the stepmother's cat was one of the better characters in this film as well. Because the cat just loved the stepmother so much, she always wanted to be there for the stepmother. So she decided, you know what? This girl gave up her face. I will take her face and spend my life making stepmother happy. And that, honestly, that was that was all right. That was all right. You just you just hope that uh, Hermes would do the same for you. <laughs> oh, Hermes would not even fucking dare. He he wouldn't even understand what's going on. I love him dearly. He likes me, but that's the extent of it. <laughs> You're saying that Hermaeus wouldn't make a noble sacrifice of his catly form to become a human and take care of you. I'd prefer him to be a cat. I much prefer him to be a cat. Uh, I mean, Hermaeus feels like he'd have some strong himbo energy. Maybe you need a bit of that in your life. 
Sean, how many of our friends are himbos? Fair point. So Mio is, you know, she's upset at uh, stepmother's cat for, you know, becoming her. However, she she empathizes. She wants to trade her face back, but she knows stepmother's cat won't do it willingly. So she says, okay, I'm going to go to Ursula. Ursula. Did I say Pegasus or Ursula? Which one have I been saying more? Whichever. Both. She goes to Ursula. She And Ursula says, ha, huh, no, I'm going to take half of your life force. <laughs> and then trots away on an invisible bridge, which freaks me the fuck out. How the hell is he doing that shit? I mean, I know that he's like, he can teleport and he can steal people's faces, but how is he doing that? But then she realizes she's a cat. She can see the cat things now. So she focuses, she tries real hard. And then she sees it. The cat dimension where all cats dwell. Oh, God. Were you expecting a completely, like, spirited away themed cat universe to be thrown into this? No, but that was some of the better aspects of the film was in the spirited away cat universe. Mm. Oh, the title should have been whisked away or whiskered away. Damn it. I mean, that's basically the exact same title. Yeah, I know. But a whisker away versus whiskered away. Whiskered Away just works a little better. It also works with Flushed Away, which I think was a DreamWorks Pixar? It was something. Yeah, DreamWorks. DreamWorks. Dreamworks? It it was a very mediocre DreamWorks movie. All I remember Uh, is that it existed. And I think Hugh Grant was in it. I couldn't tell I think Hugh Grant was in it. I don't know. It was animated, and they were mice, and they were flushed. Anyway, so she goes to the cat dimension and enters... The human cat bar, where it's a bunch of humans lament, well, humans that are now stuck as cats, lamenting that they're now stuck as cats because they ran away from their problems. And they tell her, you shouldn't run away from yours, you're still young. And they're all drinking, they're getting absolutely crunk up in this bitch. And that is when Stepmother's cat realizes, you know, Stepmother really misses the cat. I want to be a cat again. However... She knows there's no way to convince Mio to become a human again if she doesn't have Hinode express his feelings. It gets really complicated at that point, and it doesn't make much sense. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah, and, and that could be partially much... attributed to the dub as well as the fact that... yeah. It's... Okay. They, yeah. they did a lot of cramming to get the whole story into a single film. I will accept that. I will gladly accept that. Um it... A lot of issues. I'm sure it would have been. It would have made much more sense in a manga format or even in Japanese. But I just couldn't access it, so I dealt with what I had. And then you immediately, you know, when you walked in, showed me that you could access it on your phone. Yeah. And I said, "Well, fuck you. I'm watching it on the TV." And I was already <laughs> most of the way through. Like I could have streamed it from my phone to the TV as well. Like we do have that technology. Oh yeah. It was too late anyway. So uh, stepmother cat Mio kidnaps Hinode to the cat dimension and they try to locate her instead of asking around they they try to locate Mio and instead of asking around for hey has anyone seen a tiny flame point Siamese girl named Mio all the cats in the cat dimension just say oh is that a human wow I haven't seen one of those in a while I'm gonna eat some mice Oh, it's the Kami de Rata it's the best damn rat burger I've ever had oh Sylvester Stallone you slay me <laughs> I'm sorry for the demolition man deep cut. (laughs) So, instead of, for some fucking reason, instead of, you know, trying to find her, they just take Hinode to the mask. So they take her to Pegasus's shop, and the stepmother's cat forces Hinode to wear a mask. And then the dumbest shit happens. Mm -hmm. 
what has been clearly established through this entire film is when you put on a mask and do a somersault, you completely change shape immediately. You turn from human to cat, cat to human, whatever you do. When you do a somersault, you change your form. So they force this mask on him, and they make him do a somersault. Sean, what happens to him? Do you know? Do you uh, remember? <laughs> oh, I, I, I have an inkling. Uh, he may or may not uh, have cat hands now. <laughs> That's it. No ears, no tail, no feet, no eyes. Just cat hands. That's all he gets is fucking cat hands. The internal consistency just blows away in the goddamn wind. We don't get a little Nekomimi cat boy. What the heck is wrong with this anime? Completely no, 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 ruined. Like, if they transformed him more, because he didn't necessarily want to be a cat, but if they transformed him more physically into one, and then they explained, hey, it's because your heart wasn't in it. You don't really want to be a cat, which is why you're only partially a cat. That would make sense. However, it's just his hands. No fucking reason. Just his hands. But now he can see the cat dimension, and he's freaking out. He's like, holy shit, it's the cat dimension! And then they're locked in Ursula's workshop, and they can't get out. And then Ursula does the most villain thing ever. Emerges from the drain inside the human cat bar and says, <laughs> Your soul will be my Mio. Soon, once this arbitrary time has passed, your life force will be mine. Don't worry, your boy is here too, and I will take his life force as well. Because suddenly Pegasus has turned uber evil instead of just clearly evil and starts mm -hmm. villain monologuing. However, this entire time Mio's been, you know, shooting the shit, discussing life and regrets with the other human cats. The human cats were fucked over by Pegasus, and they've had enough. So, the human cats beat the ever-loving shit out of Pegasus. <laughs> like, they throw teacups, one of them hits him in the head with a pan, I'm pretty sure I saw someone carve his tail off, and then someone stabbed a chef's knife right in his back, and that was the end of Pegasus forever. <laughs> if only it was that simple, and that would be a very brutal thing to happen in this movie clearly directed at younger audiences. So, Pegasus is now dead as fuck. And uh, one of the cat people takes Mio and says, well, he said he has them trapped, so let's go to his workshop. And they break into Pegasus's workshop. And Pegasus says, ha-ha, mine, bitch. And he does, I don't know if he does this in the sub, but in the dub, Pegasus bursts from the floor. And Sean, mm -hmm. how much do you know of Captain Underpants? <laughs> well, that's an interesting poll. Uh, I read it a bit when I was in elementary, but that's about it. Do you remember his catchphrase? I cannot, I cannot recall. Have you ever listened to Weird Al's Captain Underpants theme that they made for the movie? Nope. Oh, that's actually quite good. I haven't seen the movie, but Weird Al's theme is good. But, uh, so, Captain Underpants, his catchphrase is tra-la-la. And this fucker, as he bursts through the floor captures tiny little Mio cat and says, no, mine, bitch. He goes, tra-la-la, and then fucking flies. Oh, yeah, he does that in the Japanese dub, too. He does the tra-la-la? Yep. Based on the fact that this came out in 2020, that reference was intentional. They knew what they were doing. They thought it was funny. I saw what they did there, and I liked it. <laughs> Whatever you need to tell yourself, Dylan. I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that's exactly what they were doing in this film is making a Captain Underpants reference of all things. It, hey, it happened. Okay, you know what? Captain Underpants shows up. Pegasus is now Captain Underpants. He flies away. 
kind of. It's inconsistent. It leads to a chase scene, which involves a gondola ride and a catapult. And it's an overall mess as Mio escapes from Pegasus and Hinode is trying to catch up. Eventually, they're reunited. And it's, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to be together forever. Here, shove your human face back on. Then Pegasus teleports in because he's inconsistent. And he decides instead of, you know, flying, he's just going to teleport them. So he teleports them to the MacGuffin Land during the MacGuffin Festival, where their life forces are forced out of their body, and then it leads to a shonen fight scene. And I just this it lost me. It I completely gave up once this happened. I I just fucking lost all interest in the story once you have cat-handed Hinode going, I won't let you take her life force. What did she ever do to you? She has so much to live for. It's not her fault. She's depressed. And it, it, it fucking lost me. It could have done so much better. But yes, Shonen fight scene because he's fighting for love. He's fighting for her soul. And she's just kind of sitting there because she's a tiny little cat. She can't really do shit. She's useless this fight. And Hinode has big fucking cat hands and he's clawing Pegasus. But then Pegasus suddenly decides, all right, fuck it, I have powers, I'm going to show them. And he subdues the both of them, and he's about to slash them into little bits after ripping out their life force. And then the cats show up and repeat the exact same cat fight that happened five minutes earlier. Which I'm sure had more meaning when it was in written form, because it would have been several weeks, several months later. Instead of, like, five minutes, it's the exact same thing. They, the human cats show up and beat the shit out of Pegasus. And then they rip his skull out and put it in a jar. Yeah. Oh, I should add a clarification. I got. I forgot uh, that things came out a bit backwards because COVID was a thing. Uh, so this is actually a completely original film. Oh, fuck. Uh, but it had a manga adaptation that came out before the film released because of COVID. <laughs> so yeah, that's that, that. That's my my bad. My oh, my clarification there. Okay. I'm kind of disappointed then. Yeah. Because if they had done anything else, it probably would have had a more resounding ending. If the human cats decided they'd had enough running, and then at that moment in time showed up to help instead of helping earlier, it would have been more emotional development from them instead of nothing having changed. Um, Hinode and Mio become humans again, and it's a happily ever after. They go back to the human land, and they tell each other that they love one another, and I'm disappointed <laughs> well what were you expecting a more uh dark ending a more violent visceral cat ending a brother bear scenario i wanted nah. something bittersweet i didn't want generic like nothing if if they had never become cats nothing would have changed aside from oh now they're feeling a bit more confident in each other that's it there were no consequences Nothing happened. I guess th it resulted in Mio getting a cell phone, which she had earlier, apparently, but it wasn't a smartphone? I don't know. Anyway, now th that's the only result of this, is they're a bit more confident, and she has a smartphone. Well, if something you know, happened, baby steps. If during the battle, Pegasus had, like, I don't know... Killed one of no, them? No, he didn't have to kill, but if he, like, hurt him, if he stabbed him in the stomach so that now he cannot walk so 
I mean, it wouldn't have affected his story. His story still would have ended well, because he could still be a potter, sitting down, spinning at his wheel, throwing shit into the kiln. It would have had a consequence of them going through this. Instead, there's no, there's no consequences. And that is what I feel is really disappointing. If they had taken the chance, if they had taken the risk and given the ending some impact instead of everything being okay, it like even had ending slides where, where are they now? How are things going? And everyone's like in relationships now. Sappho is apparently straight and dating Hinode's best friend. And it's just... it's always fun when the best friend character suddenly turns out to be straight. It's like, oh, I thought, huh, never mind. Yeah, there there had been no indication whatsoever that it doesn't. There's no impact. The impact. Mm-hmm. The the ending was cotton candy instead of something that will stick with you. The ending doesn't stick with you at this point. If it had, there had been any consequences, it would have been more impactful. It would have actually left the audience feeling something instead of oh well that was nice well, to they, be fair mate it is it was a it, it is very clearly a kids movie for the most part uh young kids early teens type of movie so you know they're gonna be a bit uh there's gonna be a little bit of a, a toothless cut to it unfortunately you can't treat kids like they're kids when it comes to media you have to give them impact I mean, oh, I agree. Pee-wee's Big Adventure wouldn't have been the same if we all weren't given nightmares by it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'd almost forgot about that. The horrible claymation faces. Like, straight out of Beetlejuice shit. Exactly. Like, At least with Beetlejuice, we were mentally prepared for it when we were watching it. Uh, <laughs> let, let's say Mio can't turn back into a human. And Hinode is still human. He gets his human hands back or whatever. That would be a bittersweet ending because they'd be back together in the human world. They would know the truth, but they couldn't do anything about it. They'd be that'd stuck. also be very dark. That, Not I saying it's bad. That's it would be better. <laughs> it would be better. It would be a better ending. I hate cotton candy endings. So, but in the end, I am gonna say that I did still enjoy it for the most part. I think I would probably in the future stop watching it. After the first time the human cats beat the shit out of Ursula, or maybe right when Ursula bursts through the floor going, Tron, la, la. <laughs> and I think that's where I would just stop. And so you're, I, what you're saying is it, it's a good popcorn movie. Yeah. It doesn't take any chances. It plays things super safe. It doesn't do anything big. It doesn't do anything groundbreaking. It's just... Except for when the cat broke through the ground. Oh, first all, <laughs> oh, fuck you. Uh, yeah, no, that that that's it. It's just so. It's all right. I, honestly, uh, I'm sure no one stuck around through me going on about the silliness of it. But go and watch it. You may not want to watch it twice, which is fair. Just it's it's worth a single watch at very least. Very fair enough. If you had to guess, uh, Dylan, what do you think the mouse score on this film is? Uh, okay, taking into account that it's mal and is skewed, I. Remington says it skews high. I'm not going to disagree. However, I'm going to say it skews middle high. You never see anything above an eight. You never see anything below a six. That is the, that is, so based on a scale of one to six, or a scale of uh, six to eight, sorry, a scale of six to eight, I'm going to say it's going to be 7.4. 7.4. Interesting. And I will correct you, uh, there are, in fact, a total of 10 anime that uh, hit the, that 9 mark. 
And ten. so, yeah, 10 total. <laughs> uh, and it does fluctuate a little bit because, you know, the more reviews you get, the more it skews. Uh, and there are several, 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 several dozen below six. Uh, but with that in mind, you are kind of correct because uh, with about 165,000 uh, ratings on it, uh, uh, Whisker Away is sitting nice and pretty at a 7.35. Yeah, that's that's spot on. I, You know, if I decided to give it a non-weighted rating i'd probably give it like a 6.87 yeah so yeah it's it's fine it's fine for what it is i'm not going to you know denigrate it i'm just gonna say it's fine now the real now now the real question is is do you regret your choice would you have preferred probably to watch the dark uh satoshi colon film i mean i'm gonna watch that one eventually i unlike remington i can watch anime whenever i please So when we get around to that episode, I'll watch it, and then I will make countless I spit on your grave references when speaking to Remington about it later. (laughs) Hopefully we'll get that opportunity soon, because now that I've sparked interest in it again, maybe people will go and watch that. And hell, maybe people will watch both these movies and see I was completely correct in saying they have absolutely nothing in common, and why did I make this comparison in the first place? Because of weird time constraints. But with that in mind, uh, Dylan, any chance you'd like to watch this movie ever again? I mean, give me a few years, or if we have it in the background at a party or something, but it's not something that I want to sit down and watch. No. And with that, thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you enjoyed uh, Dylan sultrily explaining the synopsis of a cat-based film and bringing up weird references that I was not expecting then please head on over to uh, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and leave us a review. It means the world to us, and uh, we do read every single one. But if that is not enough for you, you can also head on over to twitch.tv slash animeoutofcontext, where myself and Remington, and occasionally Dylan, uh, play games for the pleasure or displeasure of those who are willing to watch. And if that is still not enough for you, you can head on over to patreon.com, where you can gain access, well, patreon.com slash context, where you can gain access to all kinds of lovely bonus material, including having the opportunity to have Remington, or in this case, Dylan, read your name aloud out on the podcast. So Dylan, who are we thanking this week? And it is super late, Dylan, so if you just want to like <laughs> no, do a, that. I'm, I'm going to have fun with it. I mean, it's all good. So given the fact that we are recording this at 11 o'clock um, on pretty much the only time we have to record this week, which is why this whole episode and everything was so rushed, I would first love to thank our bland bitch protagonists and our magical girls for everything they do for us. We love them dearly. However, the shout-outs come from the Yandere waifu tearing up. So, we would like to thank Adam McLaughlin, AJ Honey, Alpha Weeb, Elise Howard, Andrew Rowicki, Anime Aunt Needs a Nap, Ariel Bird, Autumn Gorley, Baron Von Muffinbeard III, Brockhart for Geodudes, Broke Bitch, Cage in the House, Cheese Monkey, Christian Moss, Chai 900, Daddy Daddy Rem Daddy Destroyer of Weeds. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a new one. I think that was originally Daddy uh, Rem Destroyer of Weebs, I think. But they've, they 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 know Rem doesn't like being called Daddy. Rem loves being called Daddy. Call Remington your Daddy. 
Oh, uh, Danny Morabito, Darkstorm713, data type, dramatic T. Huh, April Fools is right around the corner. Dylan Hayden, Fern the Dude Man, Buck of Love Fox and Boy, Gate Duck, Ghostly Bishi, character ASMR has ruined my life. Glenn Michael Dolan, good job, says Misaka. Hebrew time, oh, fuck. Okay, um, Tagid Li Sha Ata Hohev Oti Shon. From the real Big Tony Doki Doki, from the real Big Tony Doki Doki, Sean is my husbando. Hunter Davies, I ha ha, fucky fuckity fuck, fuck, fuckity fuckity fuck, fuck. It's not easy, is it? No, it ain't. I, aha, you thought this was another Green Day read, but it was me, Dio. I believe in Taiga Isaka supremacy. I, Remington, enjoy Moe Lolly Girls. I, Remington Chase, proclaim that Rem is inferior to Amelia. Ichigo Simp 015. If the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the Pirates don't eat the tourists. Enjoy Wheel. I don't know half of you as well as I should, and I like less of, and I like less than half of you as well as you deserve. That you need to work got on your Joey Wheeler, my Jesus. bud. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I can't do, um, I can't do Brooklyn very well. However, I can drop into a terrible draw because. Shitty family. All right. Uh, next up, we have Jacks. Uh, Joshua Dim. Back to human speak. Uh, oh shit, French. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. Um, Joshua Depain. I'm assuming that's Joshua Depain. Kazu Morocco. Leo Nottage. Lonely Geek 23. Luke Offenberger. Maka Chop 92. Matthew Drum says Rem's a bitch. Mayoi. <laughs> Mayoi. Hachikuji is best girl. Mike the Mutilator. My name is October since I make Rem hard. Okay, first. <laughs> oh, these people don't understand. Oh. No, no. <laughs> oh. That, that would be problematic. Mm, I wouldn't blame fair. him. But that would be problematic. My favorite slice of life. Jose Manga is now an anime this fall. Senpai ga... Uzai Kohai no Hanashi. Navi, no waifu, no laifu. Oh, dear. Um, this one broke. Oh, shit. Yeah, the character limit is a lie, folks. The character no, this limit isn't is a, a character lie. limit. This is, I think they typed it on a Mac. Oh. No PSA and KS, Rem's game, happy baby, puns, super terrorist, rents, dead and H, B evolve to sad boy, W... Scar dot geezer neglect infam abusuis wibs stalker giant rescue on 12b day. What the fuck? I, I feel I, like you just activated a sleeper code. <laughs> I think I've uh, activated several of our patrons and uh, things are gonna go south shortly. No, um, <laughs> I think that was just a result of typing it on a Mac or an iDevice and Patreon just broke when trying to format it. Uh, ready to be psychied. Rem, you failed the name pronunciation test. Hey, Rem failed it. I didn't. No, I've failed quite a few. I'm sure I even I failed the Hebrew run. Uh, I'm sorry. Remington Merrill, Sequoia Fay, Salty Pretzel, Sammy Pritchard. Sean wants to know if you got any of that time I was reincarnated as a slime volume two. Why Schwartz cards? By the way, Sean, <laughs> Rem has mentioned this has been a patron uh, thing discussed for a while. Have you ever played Why Schwartz? I've not played it. I, I know of it, and I've seen all the cards. Well, not all the cards. There are too goddamn many of them. Uh, but I, I'm familiar, and I've never touched it. Okay, just an anecdote before I continue, because this is... I, I've got time. 
Um, when I worked at the card game store, we had someone that would regularly spend hundreds of dollars for us to import uh, non-translated Y short sets. And he spent probably a thousand a month on Y shorts just at our store. Jesus. Some people love their waifus. However, it's much better than when Force of Will was a thing and people end up spending several hundred on a card game which died immediately just because their Cheshire cat had no leggings. <laughs> I remember that. Silent Secondary. Slappity bappity cappity lappity dappity rappity zappity. Sorry, mother. Spark Project says Remington is hands down the best waifu. Sticky Jelly. This isn't a bitch, Sean. I really do want you to show me Jinro the Wolf Brigade. Tiger Lily Snape. Totally God. Sundere Dragon. Vainy Jordan. VTubers ruined my YouTube algorithm. Walk me home gently. Yandere Neko. Xanix. And next, we are moving on up to the boy wizard tier. And I am going to give each and every boy wizard a heed of cat. Once I Are you going to have list. enough? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, I love yeah, how you've completely sorry. abandoned the Harry Potter theme as well, as you sh rightfully should, and Remington refuses to. <laughs> no, this is their, this is their, I mean, their um, anime their drag. Anima <laughs> All right, okay, This I is This it. is what they transform into. Uh, Aaron Hegland, you get a Scottish fold. Ooh. Beta, you're an Abyssinian. Dallas, leave insanity, you're going to be a Bombay. Dedicated sadist, you're going to be a British shorthair. Enrique Perez Torres, you, in fact, are going to be a Devon Rex, who are weird and very fragile. They're kind of sad cats, but they're pretty and hypoallergenic. That's nice. Gen 2 plus 3 S tier, Cow Milf, Bidoom, Fladoof, Bellodoof, Bidzor, Bidrachi, Abdoof, Wateriel Milf, Blazidorf, Bidvor, The Lord. Uh, you're, you're getting a Japanese bobtail. <laughs> that, that's all you're getting. Hinata is a ball of sunshine. You're getting a minx. Ooh. I call Bone Drew Daddy. You're getting the main goon. Hell yeah, brother. I live in Ogden. Yes, that one. You're going to get a ragdoll. Not even a real cat. It's just a doll. Yeah, no. You're not even getting... Yeah, no, fuck you. You're not getting a cat. You're just getting a ragdoll. Justin Kessinger, <laughs> you're getting a ragdoll cat. <laughs> you can't be mean to Ogden. That's not nice. I mean, it's Ogden. There's, there's a dinosaur museum up there, but that's all they got. That's a fair point. Lord Flexinor, you are getting the Somali. Oh shit, I might run out of cats. Ha! Miguel, Miguel de Leon, you're getting the Sphinx. Momo the Grip, you're getting the Turkish Angora. MT the Poet, you're getting a Siberian cat. Pilkster the Symphagir Advocate, you're getting a Flame Point Siamese. Oh, Hermaeus. Yeah. Pimera, you're getting a Catalytic Converter. I, that sounds like a machine part. Pocket Gamer 513, you're, you're getting a cat heavy excavator oh no <laughs> uh, oh no another broken one uh-oh do your um, best spooiz was attend sky high and find one's friends dot neglect geezer let's bad happen dot gov helps st and sbws must pawn again sbs kamikazes for the win and bones bf sister my I, christ are we trying to take over the world with the, this language i honestly uh, cannot tell apparently uh, you are going to be getting a, a cat-articulated truck. Sean Ni Kisushitai, you are getting a backhoe. Sean, I have to admit that I watch Boku no Pico in my free time and I love it. You're getting a front hoe. Because <laughs> you are one. <laughs> Warning, you... Uh, 
interesting. Danish kroner. I didn't know that they were, or well, I guess it's pronounced krona translates to crown. Why do so many countries have crowns? Anyway, um, warning, you have reached the bottom of the barrel. Funny enough, you're getting a cat safety yellow painted rain barrel. Oh, shit. I, um, uh-oh. Uh-oh. I've, oh, ow. Mm. You good there, bud? Yeah, sorry, I have to pull up a list. And, uh, I love how you've completely neglected big cats as well. Oh, yeah, no. Fuck that. Are you kidding? Mm. All right, and individuals that are at our highest tier, the chef and a musketeer up in the White House, the chef in the house, you are going to be getting a story where either a human has turned into an animal or an animal has turned into human because this week's episode had both. All right. Remington's mother, you're getting The Metamorphosis by Franz Kafka. Oh, thank Christ. <laughs> oh, thank Christ. Just a Traveler, you're getting The Odyssey by Homer. Simpson? Oh, nah, just Homer. It's a mononym. Oh. Pope of the Church of Remington Chase. Uh, you're getting Lady, My Life is a Bitch. I'm not familiar with that one. <laughs> uh, that one is, in fact, written by Melvin Burgess. Which I'm assuming my life as a bitch means someone who was turned into a female dog whose name was Lady. Huh. Didn't know there was a backstory to Lady and the Tramp. Oh, that makes it gross. It makes it very gross. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. Silicone Spectre, you are getting George Langelon's The Fly. Ooh, God. Right. <laughs> Let's go watch some Jeff Goldblum. Zachary Shirley has opened all the inner gates and suddenly heavenly breasts unless there's a revisit to Haikyuu. You're getting, fittingly, The Meowmorphosis by Colrich Cook. That's another close call. That's another close call. What? I'll tell you when you're older. The Those who know, know. What? Don't, don't worry about it. it mm, you'll know, I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, thank you guys so much for all of your support. We appreciate each and every one of you dearly. In fact, it is thanks to your support that we managed to snag the... Uh, domain for our website, which we now have, which we probably should have mentioned earlier. Yeah, no, that probably would have been a good idea. We'll do it. I'll slip it into my outro later. Later. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll make sure. However, for those of you that are listening now, we now actually own animeoutofcontext.com. Initially, someone was sitting on it. They wanted like two grand for it. I said no. And then eventually, once the domain expired, I was able to snap it up. It still costs a lot more than normal domains because someone had purchased it in the past. However, we now own AnimeOutOfContext.com. In fact, it, if you type that in right now, it'll take you to our link tree, which I think is fairly cool because that's all we really need. It'll have links to every single thing we do. Uh, I should probably add our YouTube to that and fix our That'd YouTube. probably be a good idea. You have no idea how much trouble YouTube has been with the, uh, the audiograms. Okay. Um, and also, we have a new email address. Were you aware of that, Sean? Vaguely. We... Now have suggestions at animeoutofcontext.com for every single one of your suggestions. Well, shit, that'll be convenient for me, provided people don't send us more random nudes. I mean, hey, can you really complain since you didn't pay for it? <laughs> Owning an anime podcast is basically the same as being subscribed to top-tier OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, oof. I don't know. There's some top-tier OnlyFans that I want to avoid, like Nikocado. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. You know what? Don't send us nudes. We don't want them. We're good. We're Gucci. <laughs> so once again, thank you guys so much. We love you all very much. And as always, don't fuck your sister.
and a cat is not fine. <laughs> what? Were you expecting some sort of weird edit of me splicing together my voice to say something horrible? I think that's a little bit masturbatory, so none of that this time. But, uh, you know, I hope you're having a good day. I hope things are going well for you. <laughs>